Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Maybe it's a good afternoon or good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. I hope it's a good time of day. I am your host, Robert Attridge, and thank you for joining me. Today, I wanted to talk about wage theft. And what exactly do I mean by wage theft? Well, Wage theft occurs when employees are not paid according to existing wage and hour laws. There are many examples of wage theft by employers. It may be failing to pay at least the minimum wage, failing to pay overtime, or failing to pay a myriad of other types of compensation that may be owed to employees. Let me give you a couple of examples. One recent story A Parsippany, New Jersey company was recently fined $3.2 million by the New York City Comptroller's Office for allegedly cheating dozens of workers out of millions of dollars in wages for work performed on New York City projects. According to an article posted on NJ.com, KS Contracting was awarded more than $21 million in contracts between the years 2007 and 2010. In May of 2010, an unnamed employee filed a complaint against KS Contracting, which kicked off a multi-year investigation by the New York Comptroller's Office. It took the Comptroller's Office until May of 2016 to discover that KS Contracting had been running a kickback scheme with their immigrant employees. According to the Comptroller's Office, checks were regularly issued to only half of the workers Those workers were then ordered to cash the checks and return the money to their supervisor. Once the cash was returned, the workers were then paid at a rate significantly below the prevailing wage called for in the contract with the city. The contract called for the workers to be paid a combined wage plus benefit package of $50 per hour. Instead, KS Contracting only paid each worker $90 per day. This story is pretty surprising on multiple levels. One, it's a pretty extreme example of wage theft. It's very brazen by the business owners, and not to mention, it's just wrong. Two, it took the New York Comptroller's Office nearly seven years to complete the investigation. I guess that's the speed and efficiency we're all used to with government agencies. Another example, and this one is a hypothetical situation, but nonetheless something you'll want to pay attention to, as I know this can happen quite easily and without malice. According to a recent study by the Yale Journal of Law and Technology, your timekeeping system settings may be creating a wage theft situation for you right under your nose, and you may not be aware of it. You may have set your timekeeping system to automatically round a clock in or clock out time to the nearest 5, 10, or 15 minute interval. Again, you may have set this up with the best intentions, perhaps to make it easier to calculate and report payroll, or maybe you didn't even know it was set up this way. The problem for the employer occurs when a clock in time is rounded up, meaning the employee clocked in at, let's say, 8.08, but the system settings rounded the clock in time to 8.15, essentially shorting the employee seven minutes of time. 
This can also happen when an employee clocks out, let's say at 5.07, and the time system rounds down to 5 o'clock, effectively shorting the employee another 7 minutes. This sort of timekeeping can result in wage theft even though there was no intent by the business. Yes, the rounding goes both ways. Sometimes the business will benefit by the rounding and sometimes the employees will benefit. The best practice, however, is that you set your time system to track actual time instead of rounding. Most modern time systems should be able to do this. So why are we talking about wage theft? Well, several states over the past few years have enacted wage theft prevention acts. They may be referred to with slightly different names from one state to the next. For example, California has what is known as the Wage Theft Protection Act. New York calls theirs the Wage Theft Prevention Act. And Colorado just passed their Wage Theft Transparency Act. And as with most state-level employment laws, once a regulation is passed in one state, it quickly spreads throughout other states. A quick Google search for your state will reveal whether or not a wage theft act has been passed yet or not in your state. Now, even the federal government has such an act, or I should say, had such an act. In 2016, President Obama signed the Fair Pay and Safe Workplaces Executive Order. This order was designed to prevent companies with a history of safety and or wage and hour violations from getting government contracts. That sounds fair, right? Why should unscrupulous employers be rewarded with government contracts? Critics of the order claim that it was too stringent and would penalize well-meaning employers who may have unintentionally committed violations and that they would be blacklisted from future contracts. Well, you need not fear any longer about being blacklisted as President Trump repealed the regulation in March of 2017. Are these wage theft prevention acts necessary? What do you think? In my opinion, no. There's already wage and hour laws on the books that can be used to punish the offenders of wage theft. The obvious bad businesses like KS Contracting from our example. Also, these same laws protect employees from the good employers out there who simply just made a clerical error or oversight. Even if there was no intent to underpay an employee, you still need to make it right once it's discovered. And the current wage and hour laws cover that. These acts basically are a supplement to the existing wage and hour laws, adding more hoops to jump through as an employer. The issue I have with the Wage Theft Prevention Acts is that it gives the lawyers and regulators more ammunition to ensnare any business caught not complying with additional provisions that in my mind seem rather petty. Your employee could be paid correctly, meaning that they received the correct amount of compensation, but the employer could still be fined for failing to provide all of the necessary information on the pay stub as outlined in the Act. For example, a missing business address or a phone number. And these fines are not small, either. As always, because these Acts are passed on individual state levels, and even though they may be very similar in their content, they may also have some variations from state to state, so it's always a good idea to review your specific state's law to make sure you stay compliant. Whether or not you think these acts are a good thing, one thing is certain. It's more regulation that business owners need to pay attention to in order to make sure that they are compliant. Again, it's good to get the bad, unscrupulous business owners out there who are truly taking advantage of situations, 
but there are already labor laws on the books to deal with them, as well as the occasional mistake or oversight by well-intended businesses. So be sure to look up your state's Wage Theft Prevention Act to make sure you are in compliance with any new hire notifications, pay rate notifications, pay stub information, and whatever else your specific state Wage Theft Act includes. Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the Small Biz Brainiac podcast on iTunes. Also, join the Small Biz Brain Trust Facebook group. You can also follow us on Twitter at Small Biz Brain, or you can follow me on Twitter at Robert underscore Attridge, and you can also find us online at smallbizbrainiac.com. Thanks again, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.